2: Harvey Norman, Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley, 91.9 FM and SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland, 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland.
1: Yeah, a big welcome to everyone in Gippsland. Yeah, that's where you'll find myself, Rob Popplestone and Sam the Man, my great mate, Right here at Harvey Norman, Wonthaggy, your local store as you here for computers and electrical. And they've got the free click and collect available now. And I've got to say, last time I was here, which was last year, yep. uh, there wasn't a whole lot of activity in the car park. But lo and behold, they're actually streaming in and out pretty quickly this morning. Hey, how's the, how's the new year been for you? I haven't spoken to you since we uh, had a chat. Pride of Christmas.
0: Yeah, my new year got off to an interesting start in uh, isolation. Got my result back on uh, the 1st of January. And the result positive, was? Positive. Wow, really? Um, so that's a good start to 2022. Yeah, yeah.
1: What could I'll, possibly I'll never, go wrong now?
0: I'll, I'll never remember the... Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget, sorry, the first time I got COVID, if I happen to get it again, 1st of January. That's a pretty easy date to remember. But... Um, where did you get it?
1: How... how- You find yourself with COVID. What was...
0: Funnily enough, it was uh, after the Boxing Day... uh, Day two of the Boxing Day test. Oh, hilarious, yeah. Yeah, we went out in Richmond. (laughs) And I was... I uh, got tickets. um, Cam Luke, SEN Tracks very own. Cam Luke um, hooked me and my mate up with a couple of free tickets. Um, Thank you for that, Cam, and his girlfriend, Liana. And um, we went to the cricket, had a good time, went out afterwards. And pretty much all of us that... uh,
1: at uh, the, the Precinct Hotel in yes. Richmond.
0: Ended up with COVID.
1: Wow. Mm. And so what was the... I haven't got COVID, and I feel as though I'm probably one of the last remaining people. Hasn't it? All of a sudden, like last year, we were dealing with COVID, uh, and we were sort of scratching to find someone that we might know—you know, a yep. friend's mate or a, you know, my hairdresser's mother. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it's actually hard to not know people exactly. now. Exactly. What were the symptoms like for you?
0: Uh, fine for me. It was just like a head cold. So very uh, grateful that I'm double vaxed. Yes. Um, just fatigue and and a head cold for me, really. But I have heard multiple other reports of people that have been really crook with it, so we do have to still take it seriously. Yeah.
1: And just when you thought that we would not be talking about COVID, along comes a bloke called Novak Djokovic. Yes. And... thought it was refreshing to start to talk about tennis, but only momentarily because tennis and Novak have sort of brought COVID front and centre again. And even as we speak now, uh, I guess deals are trying to be done to keep the world's number one player in the country. And uh, it, it's hard to see what might happen. It's probably the biggest
0: sports story in the world at the moment. I'd you, reckon. You'd say. Um,
1: so where do you sit on it? Well, what do you think?
0: I, it's tough, isn't it? It is very tough. It is very tough. And, and you can see why... Tennis Australia would want Novak Djokovic to be here, even though he's not the most loved uh, universally. He certainly pulls in a good crowd, and he's awesome to watch. And he's uh, uh, how many times do you want it? Eight or eight, eight or nine? Eight I or think. nine? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they can you can see why they desperately wanted him here. And I like you want that you want the best players to come, but they've got to follow the rules. And he he might have. He probably came here with the assumption that everything was going to be all good. No question, sure. And uh, there was obviously some inconsistencies in his paperwork that didn't quite add up.
1: Yeah, and I guess now, just a couple of days out from the start of 2022 Australian Open, uh, his head's not going to be in the right place, but you get the feeling that if he's right to go, he'll be right to go. He's sort of that sort of bloke. He is, he is. I I remember looking at the odds on sports bet just
0: a couple of days ago and he was still a $2.30 favourite Yeah. with all of this going on um, I noticed last night that they'd taken the markets down so they're obviously not sure what's going to happen and, and
1: in some some way he probably put a bit of a target on his head didn't he uh, yeah. in the build up to the Aussie Open in the sense that he was quite public in not wanting to share yeah. his medical details yep. uh, and I'm not sure why what, what is the big deal like if you don't want to be vaccinated just say I'm not vaccinated yeah I
0: uh, I listened to a podcast, Yep. Uh, uh, Bill Simmons' podcast. He's a big journo in America. And he had someone on talking about these athletes like yes. uh, Novak Djokovic and um, Kyrie Irving who, right. who didn't want to disclose their vaccination status. And he said that it's funny how athletes, we know what... And they, they want to res- what they want to respect their privacy. We know sure. what high school they went to, their yep. mother's name, yep. what uh, date they had surgery on, what exactly was operated yes. on, which doctor did it. But they draw the line at something that actually affects other people around them, like a, a meniscus tear isn't contagious. Mm. But they draw the line at their privacy, at vaccination of a contagious
1: disease. Uh, I, I think, and what the contradiction that gets me is that Novak. Not regularly, but has quite often called for medical timeouts during the course of a game mm-hmm. where he actually has to declare what his medical issue is mm-hmm. and to get it during the course of a game. Now, sometimes that's even been questioned as to whether it's a strategic medical uh, timeout. But he doesn't mind doing that. He doesn't mind during the course of a match saying what the problem is and why he had a medical timeout. But for some reason, and I don't get it, um, and I've got family members, uh, my son his wife, my mum, they're not vaccinated. They don't want to get vaccinated. Now, we have disagreements about it. But at the end of the day, that's the decision you make. Yep. And as a consequence of that decision, there are some ramifications. Now, mm-hmm. for Novak, I probably would assume that he hasn't heard the word no too many times in the last decade. And all of a sudden, he's confronted with something that is a pretty big, bloody hurdle to get over. Now, part of me say says, play on. And part of me says, well... You you knew the rules. You knew the rules. Uh, And I guess when I'm stuck on the fence, which I probably am, I then go to those in his own profession. People like Rafael Nadal, uh, Andy Murray, even Martina Navratilova's had her say. And if you haven't got the respect of some of the greatest players in the game if they're not on your side i think it's obvious that you might be on the wrong side yeah i think
0: i think so i think so and I, it's it's the more and more that's come out it's become pretty clear that he uh lied about certain yeah. things and yeah. it, and his timeline didn't quite add up and they're making up new stories all of the time so yeah I think that uh, he, he probably deserves deserves what's happened to him, unfortunately. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles, and we don't know what's going to happen. We still no. don't know if he's going to be playing. Like it's the the visa was cancelled last night by the immigration minister, but
3: they're back
1: at it yeah. again this morning. I, I hear ten o'clock this morning uh, that okay. they're they they're going to uh, plead their case again. Now, it, uh, you know, uh, he's been done once. He's been done twice. That's a double fold, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think it's time to. To move on now, look. Uh, let's assume that he gets the tick, and he he uh, struts onto centre court Monday night. he will be playing. I wonder what sort of reception he will get. Uh, it'll be the the Serbian fans will yes. It'll be they'll probably be drowning out the rest of the crowd. I reckon you're right. And my look, my mother's Serbian. I know yep. what Serbs are like. You don't yep. mess with them yep. at any time. <laughs> but it's going to be a, it's going to be a it has added a bit of spice. To the open, either
0: way. I, I, from the first when this all started, I thought, like, there's a the part of me that wants to see him deported if he's doing the wrong thing. Yep. But there's a, the sports fan in me wants to see him stroll out onto Rod Labor yes. Arena to people booing, people cheering, and yep. just the the post match interview. What what's that going to be like? Anyway, who knows? We better, we better get. We better preview the show and.
1: and hey, what, get what have to we our got going? Break. What have we got going today? You've always okay. organised a good okay. show. What okay. have we got? So
0: first up, after this break, we'll have uh, a former Australian and England head coach of women's cricket, John Harmer.
4: Okay. Uh, yep.
0: Sophie Mullany, you mentioned yes. him as one of her biggest mentors when we spoke to her uh, in our last show of 2021. Frio Dockers young gun Caleb Sarong, 2020 oh, rising wow. star. A Warragul boy, he'll be coming on the show. The Allen Bank and District Football Netball League President Roger Gwynn after SEN announced a partnership with They'd be happy Allen with that, Bank. wouldn't they? Oh, very.
1: It's great for the league. Yeah. And well done to SEN too.
0: Yeah, very very good. And then we will speak to our regular guests, Jared Blair and Beau Vernon, after 10 o'clock. So we better get to the first break. And after that, we'll be speaking to John Harmer and chat to him about his life in cricket. Who's He's, he's achieved a lot. Um, had a lot to do with women's cricket and has has had an, a lot of influence on probably some of our best cricketers that we see in the international stage. Oh, I look stage forward today. to that.
1: After the break, you're listening to SEN Track 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 SEN Track Trove Valley. You can also listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. Don't forget, we're at Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, a local store for computers and electrical. A free click and collect available now. We'll be back on the flip side of this. You are indeed Rob Popplestone and Sam the Man. Wonthaggy born and bred and sitting right outside Harvey Norman as we speak with a big smile on his face. He just loves it. On a Saturday morning, sitting out here in the weather, wondering or not whether it's going to rain down on his laptop and his, our codex system that we use. You think SEN could invest in sort of some sort of marquee or something, a caravan? We need a marquee. Even a little three-man tent, just something to protect us. Might have to open my car soon. <laughs> oh, you've got to laugh. Hey, listen, our uh, uh, first guest this morning, John Harmer, a man that uh, you know quite a bit about.
0: Yeah, he uh, briefly played for victoria's second 11 in 1960 and 61 but he really made his name in cricket as a coach and a biomechanics expert i'm pretty sure and uh after a long time coaching i'm not exactly sure what's in between but we'll have to find out he went on to take over australia's women's side in 1994 and uh was at the helm when they reached three world cup finals i believe so and in uh 1998, he was shortlisted in the Australian Coach of the Year awards, and uh, in 2001, he moved to England to take charge of England's women's side. And from there, he uh, after that, he joined the Australian Academy as a senior coach in 2003. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's all
1: correct, but he might have to fix me up on a couple of those. <laughs> as he joins us right now, morning, John. How are you going?
5: Very well, Rob. Thank you. That's all How well. are you? Uh, yeah, really good, thanks, John.
1: Good. Actually, as it, it uh, Sam introduced you, it, it actually had me fascinated that you had such an involvement in women's cricket in 1994. I, I, that surprises me. That's... Yeah, it actually surprises me that it's been established for so long. If you would have asked me uh, just blindly a minute ago, I would have said, oh, maybe the last decade or so, but it's certainly been oh, a no. long time in the making.
5: It has. It's, oh, it's a, uh, Way back in the... Ooh, early 1900s, women's cricket started. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And, uh, you know, I took over a junior team to India in the early late 80s, I think, and then moved to the senior team in 94.
1: And what was the attraction so, with women's cricket, given that you're an established cricketer yourself? What drew you to want to develop or be associated with women's <laughs> cricket?
5: Right, well, I was, I was a, a coach... And uh, at that stage, and uh, yep. I liked the idea of um, helping people along, really. And uh, uh, to put it politely, if you're not a test cricketer, you can't really coach the Australian team. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I'll go the other direction. And uh, because I was in biomechanics and uh, phys ed, I thought, well, let's have a crack with the girls. And I was offered the job uh, coaching through a network of cricket coaching courses, really. All right, so let,
0: let's go back. Let's go back a few years now, John. You I mentioned that you played for Victoria's second eleven in 1960. What, where were you yes. before that, and what did you get up to after after that
5: uh, after playing oh, for dear. Victoria? <laughs> um, that particular day, I actually sat my matriculation English exam, and I was picked up after the exam and taken to the MCG to play for the the second eleven. I made a few runs, which was quite handy, and got a wicket, and uh, it was quite nice. Did you, uh, did you pass your exam? Then, <laughs> I did. No, that's but good. True, I did. <laughs> that's a good day all round. That was, that was a tough one for me too, the English one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I played for North Melbourne in district cricket. Uh, started when I was about 11 or 12 in the fourths and went up from there and uh, went
1: coaching in was it sixty eight something like that okay and, T- and can I ask you who were some of the bigger names around Victorian cricket at that time John Oh dear <laughs> Oh the Maddox boys
5: mm-hmm. they were north Melbourne players but uh oh, Ian meccaf okay. he was playing a course he's oh, it's about that time it's a long time ago
1: mate it, it is it is yeah probably <laughs> does it seem like yesterday or does it seem like a long time ago? It seems, uh, when I think of the memories,
5: it seems like yesterday, yeah. Yeah. But it yeah. was a long time ago.
0: And Jeez. so how how did you eventually find yourself as the head coach of Australia's women's side, John?
5: Uh, I was coaching the squads through their camp uh, development schemes and uh, when the job became vacant, they asked me, the Peter Backer stood down and uh, they asked me if I'd like to take it and uh, i grabbed it with two hands and said yes i'll do this um, and you and, yeah. and you, you obviously had a minute of it mate
0: yeah, yeah it would have would have been great for you reaching uh 3 i think i mentioned world cup finals um yes what 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 what, what were those experiences
5: like uh, i did three trips to india 87 and then uh, in world cup times India is amazing uh, to tour to play cricket. You know, people power in India is incredible. Uh, the mayor of Calcutta, on the, which was, that was the town at that stage, Eden Park, we played the grand final um, in 97, and uh, he ordered every bus driver in Calcutta to pick up only women and take them <laughs> to the Eden Gardens. There was ninety seven thousand there. The wow biggest crowd. Yeah, unbelievable chatter, mate. It was just a sea of faces, colour and noise. And uh, th- it was a huge experience.
1: You know, sometimes you see three or four women having a chat in a cafe and you can't you can't get a word in. Now you've got ninety seven thousand in one Try re- that. in one re-
5: <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing, yeah. Wow. Yes,
1: what a day. Calcutta what a fantastic three. day. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. And, uh, and uh, so,
0: and so, you moved to you moved to England in two thousand and one, John. What
5: I did? What yes, that what, was what made you compli- make that move. Oh well, I'd been coaching Australia for what nine years at that stage, and we finished our World Cup in uh, New Zealand. And I thought, well, I've had a good stint at this; uh, it's time somebody else took over. And uh, I was without a job for a month. And then India got in t- uh, England got in touch with me and said, would you like to come over here and play and coach? And I thought, what a great idea. So uh, away I went with Marg and we went to England and had a wonderful time for three years.
1: At that time, uh, what were the similarities, if any, or the, or the differences uh, between Australian and English women's cricket?
5: Oh, athleticism, without a doubt. Yeah. Between the players, yes, yeah. The level of skill of the Australian girls was far greater than the English girls, and the level of uh, athleticism of the girls, too, was uh, far greater. Um, and yeah. and uh, uh, But they love their cricket over there, and everybody plays it, everybody enjoys it. It's a different concept totally over here.
1: And, we, and, and we, in the uh, lead-up, Yeah, in the lead-up, John, we were were talking about your biomechanics background. How do you bring that into the game of cricket? How is that utilised best? (laughs) Well, biomechanics
5: is in everything, everything we do, and cricket's not an exception to that. And, uh, like, the techniques that the players are using today are there because of the study of biomechanics, the bowling, the way they bowl, the uh, skills of batting, the way they're hitting the ball. Uh, biomechanics is not an unusual thing it's a natural way that the body moves and if you can sort of uh, uh, use it with a bat in your hand and use your body in a good sequence you will have a cover drive like Don Bradman and uh, <laughs> yeah, his cover drive is the same as Davey Warner's mate yeah. they've all played it basically the same you know um, but we know when to make the bat go fast these days, and how to make the bat go faster. And now, John, that, that sort of thing.
0: Now, sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, people might be wondering why we're talking to you on Saturdays in Gippsland. Our thousands of listeners might be wondering what's what's John Harmer <laughs> yeah. got to do with Gippsland. So, we actually had Sophie yeah. Molyneux on uh, on the show on our last show before uh, on our last show before the new year. And she right. mentioned that you were uh, one of her biggest mentors growing up. What, what's your relationship with Sophie been like?
5: I was in... Uh, oh, it's been excellent, mate. She's an amazing player and we haven't seen the best of her as yet either. Um, we were living in Brisbane at the time and I went to the football grand final at Bensdale and it was was time. And this little player was running around beating the boys and bumping them and getting the mark and getting the kick and I thought, to the bull, I said to the chap, who's that little girl out there? And I said, that's Sophie Molyneux, but boy, can she play cricket? <laughs> and there it was. Uh, Dad spoke to me about coaching her and I grabbed the opportunity and she's been amazing. I've helped her since she was 14 uh, to be a cricketer. and. Uh, The results on the board, really. Yeah, it's been amazing.
0: She has, she has, and we were very happy to have her join the show. And what? uh, So, what? What kind of other work have you been doing in Gippsland and and around Victoria uh,
5: in recent years, John? (laughs) Only, uh, mainly cricket coaching and doing it uh, on an individual basis. I don't do teams these days. I'm, you know, getting past that, but I can certainly handle uh, visiting a club like Glen Alvey I go out there and do some work with them every now and again and help them out there's a couple of young players out there that I coach individually and uh, they just give me a ring I'll meet you so and so and I say okay I'll be there and we go through a bit of a session for them on their batting or their bowling and uh, but it's mainly involvement at an individual basis at this stage
0: if you saw my averages, John, you would be uh hassling me <laughs> no doubt. For, no no, no, you would be hassling me for to sign sign up for some coaching lessons from you and i will I will have to okay. um speak to you at Glenalve's training sometime soon when okay. I'm, when I'm able to get down there and you're there uh okay. but uh where whereabouts whereabouts are you living now john
5: in taiwan lower Tarwin lower and it's beautiful down here, yes yeah yep. Yeah.
1: yeah, nice part of the world. Hey, John, it, it's intrigued me, and this is from a uh, from a novice cricketer. Uh yes. When you get someone like Jeff Thompson, whose style was quite different to what you yes. see as a, a fast bowler, but so effective as well, d- can, can you it, teach? Can you teach that way to bowl, or is it just something that is unnaturally natural? For want of a better description.
5: Um, yes, I know what you're saying. The answer is yes. You can teach someone to bowl like Thompson if you want to. Um, anything that somebody can do with their body, another person can do. you with me? Yes. Uh, whether they can do it as effectively, whether they want to do it in that way is another question. you know so yes, it can be done. We could develop a warning if we uh, one of my sayings is you've got to unpick champions in their technique to see what they do so we can replicate it and teach it to the younger kids. And uh, certainly the technology uh, these days with slow motion filming and uh, computerisation, we can have a look at all that and actually teach the kids. But they've got to have the other side of it, not just the physical. They've got to have the will and the want and the willpower to keep training and doing all the hard work to get to the top.
0: Now, John, just a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, I saw just in my research that you passed up on the opportunity to coach Bangladesh in 2007. Can you talk us <laughs> through that and what uh, what your reasoning was for passing up on
5: that? Right, <laughs> I, I did. I, I believe I did. I don't know. I was <laughs> I was over there for the interviews, and uh, I, um, I wasn't ready to go over to the subcontinent at that stage really and uh to take on a huge job of uh, coaching bangladesh that was really what it was about um it would have been a great experience but it meant that everybody had to go over my wife and things like that and i thought no i'll stay in australia yeah yeah fair
0: enough And, and one one last question it's the Question on a lot of people's lips in Australian cricket at the moment. What do you think the future of Justin Langer should be? Do you think he should go on?
5: Look, it's largely a personal issue. It's very hard for us to be on the outside and understand what's going internally with it. You know, um, the big thing about coaching is the players have got to be happy. They're never, uh, a team is never a team unless the administration and the top of it has made a, a, a harmonic group of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just hoping that uh, that's what happens and the best decisions made. Justin's yeah, a wise
1: person, and, it, you know, the chances are he'll probably stay, I think. Yeah, let's hope so. I think he's a good man. John, How are you, and we appreciate your time this morning. John, good luck. OK, thanks very good. much for the interview. Uh, uh, absolute bye. pleasure. John Harmer there, one of the uh, the greats. Both uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, isn't he, Samo? Oh, oh, and obviously a gentleman too. Like you know, you know how you just have a chat with someone and you can, you can pick it pretty much straight away. He's a, an honest sort of bloke. Uh, tells it as it, is, as it is. And what a what a um, cricketing career mm. he's yeah.
0: had. It's so fantastic. I'm sure, he has a lot more stories to tell than what he could give us in fifteen minutes. But <laughs> yeah. we'll, have, we'll have to get him on again.
1: I'm Looking forward to chatting with Caleb Sarong. We'll be chatting with a uh, young bloke who grew up. Not far, just a stone's throw from here. Well, a couple of drop kicks at least, in Inverloch. Not far from where we are right now. We're at uh, Harvey Norman at Wanthaggy, Talking Sport, as we do every Saturday morning between 9 and 11, and you'll find us on 91.3. That's SEN Track, South West Gippsland, and or 91.9 SEN Track, Laptro Valley. You can listen live on the SEN uh, SEN app, or, of course, uh, at sen.com.au. We're Talking Sport, and we'll be doing more of it in just a moment.
0: Yes, welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland. I'll uh before we get to Caleb Sarong, Freo Docker's young gun and 2020 Rising Star and also 2021 Goal of the Year wow. winner. I uh, will give you a quick update on the cricket scores and if you missed it last night it was a day night test so a few people might have hit the pillow before uh the rest of the match played out. It started pretty shake shaky for the Australians. Uh we were I think we were 3-4
1: we 13, were, was
0: we it? Were, we were three for 12, 12 at wow. one stage. Uh, David Warner failed. Steve Smith failed. Usman uh, Khawaja only made six. Marnus got going. Uh, he ended up with 44 before he was... about <laughs> his dismissal? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a rare bloke, Marnus, and he finds funny ways to go out. But Travis Head and Cameron Green saved the day. Travis Head ended up with 101. Unfortunately, went out uh, a ball after reaching his sentry. And then Cameron Green was caught on 74. Uh, we're going to have to get to a break pretty quickly to get Caleb Sarong on, so that free, the Frio young gun will be on right after this. Croydon got through
2: the tackle, magically got it through to Sarong. He got down, he got up again.
3: Oh, you've got every right to be amazed. Sarong, right. Sarong. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't think you ever get sick of listening to Hado uh, calling it as he saw it, and he saw it beautifully, and it was finished beautifully by our next guest, Caleb Sarong, a man who spent a lot of time in the area we are right now. We're at Wanthegi. He was down the road at Inverloch, spent some time at Warrigal. Uh, what a great career early on, and geez, some people just excel out of their comfort zone, and this bloke's one of them. Caleb Sarong, who joins us now. Hey, Caleb, how you going?
4: Hey guys, no I'm going well. Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> yeah, mate. Thanks for getting up so early. You're over there in Perth at the moment. Uh, just roll over in your bed and tell us what time it is there at the moment. <laughs>
4: uh, it's just about just about to tick out at a quarter quarter to seven. So, um, uh, just about time to get up. We've got a running session. Yeah, got a running session off early this morning. So, Have you? It's not about time what, what, to what, wake up. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you
1: got? What have what the Dockers got for you this today? What's in store in a running session?
4: We've got a bit of a, a bit of a time trial this morning, so some more 1Ks, so repeat 1K efforts um, to, yeah, kind of tick off our post-Christmas um, time trial and then, yeah, we'll be straight into footy after that um, from next
1: week. You know, Caleb, I reckon one of the big hurdles that young players have got when they take that next step, other than the obvious, is when they're thrown into an environment that's completely different, you grew up in country Victoria, all of a sudden you find yourself away from home, COVID conditions. Uh, the other side of the country, It's th- th- there's been a few hurdles put in front of you, but you don't seem as though you've taken a backward step.
4: Um, yeah, I guess it's definitely not something that I really expected um, my first two years to be kind of, especially COVID ridden, um, it was uh, kind of that first year having hubs and everything. Um, wasn't something I really planned for or expected, but then again, it was probably a blessing in disguise for me at that point um, in time because I guess that shutdown period was really kind of important time for me to go away and get really fit and, and um, really trim down a little bit. And then once I came back, I was really able to kind of embrace the hub because um, I was just kind of, I guess, wide-eyed and just wanting to learn and, and have an yeah. environment where I could be. Um, following players and coaches 24-7 and trying to learn as much as I could. Um, it was a great environment to be a part of and learning everyone, everyone's games and, and kind of getting to know everyone made it a lot more um, comfortable to be in that environment. But I guess for me, um, I guess I was really well prepared from kind of my family back home and then going to Geelong Grammar as well. I felt like I was really well equipped to kind of deal with moving away from home and obviously it's been... Um, another step up, kind of being on the other side of the country, when I haven't been able to get home much. But um, then again, the support from over here, from the club, um players, the, the coaching staff
0: and all the support staff has been first class. So uh, that's probably the main reason I've been able to fit in so well, I think. Caleb, Sam Watson here, mate. Thank you very much for coming on the show. As as Rob mentioned, you uh, grew up in Inverloch, then moved to Warrigal. You then, after playing for Gibby Power, you then made the move to Geelong Grammar. How how tough how tough was it to make that decision to move away from your family and, and head off to Geelong? Uh, at the time, it was a really tough decision. I guess
4: at that point, um, in kind of my life, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to kind of head down and um, kind of board board to Geelong Grammar and. I only knew, I think, two guys down there at that stage that were heading down at the same time as me that I played footy with. Um, and all trying kind to of stay in my comfort zone, stay with the family and, and play Gippie Power. And, and kind of, I had a really good set up with St. Paul's at the time in Warrigal and I was loving my time there and at Gippie Power. But I guess for me, it was just kind of trying to extend myself a little bit and um, put myself out of my comfort zone and experience something and um, if, if I'm being honest, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. I, Absolutely love my two-year-long grandma. Met a lot of new people and um, it was kind of an experience that I otherwise wouldn't have had if I kind of didn't um, push myself and go down there. So, like I said before, I think it really um, kind of equipped me well to to move um, in-state and and trying to embrace that change. But, um, yeah, kind of definitely helped
0: with the independence and trying to live out of home, that's for sure. And and when you did uh, get drafted to Freo after a pretty dominant... uh, uh, Vic country uh, uh, outings for Vic country, where you got uh, awarded the MVP and were named in the All Australian team. When you did move over uh, to WA, were you were you homesick a bit, a bit there, mate, or did the as you said the Geelong Grammar experience kind of help you with all of that kind of stuff?
4: Yeah, I guess initially um, we we're able to have our family and, and kind of friends come over. So my girlfriend came over initially for probably a month or so in and. Um, And my parents came over not long after that with my brothers. So um, I guess at that point in time, it was pretty... I knew you used to try and embrace it all, and I wasn't really homesick. And then the kind of shutdown period hit, and I was able to come home for six or so weeks. And um, that, I guess, helped as well to break it all up. But then once I went back, I was kind of into the hub and um, kind of straight into things. And I guess with the kind of intensive AFL footy, I didn't really have a um, chance to really kind of reflect or think about what I was missing out on at home. I guess with COVID, it's been pretty tough in Victoria. So um, I've been pretty lucky over here. We haven't had too many cases and been able to live our lives. So um, that's been a massive positive. But I guess it has been tough, kind of being away from family. But like I said, I think we're kind of building a family of our own over here. And There's a lot of interstate guys in the same boat. So it's not just me uh, dealing with it. So we're going to be outside each other and really help each other through, which has been amazing.
1: Hey, Caleb, tell us about Fremantle. I mean, at this time of year, all 18 clubs consider themselves a chance, and so they should. I mean, we're all on an even keel. Tell us about what you're building there, because they, they poked their head into a grand final a couple of years back, didn't they? And they've been around the mark, but they you feel as though they're just... They're so close, you can almost taste it, and you're wondering when they're going to take that next step.
4: Yeah, well, I guess, as kind of everyone can see, we're a really young group. Um, an exciting group that kind of has shown improvement over the last few years and it was kind of a rebuild um, post that successful time in in 15, 16. Um, And then I guess where we're at now is that point where we're sick of kind of being that young team and, just building and we're improving. We want to take that, that big step, and uh, we've taken a few little steps the last few years. We've shown a lot of improvement internally. I guess, mm-hmm. kind of externally, you can kind of see the competitiveness that we're bringing to a lot of games. But um, internally, we're we know we're improving. But at the moment, I guess for us, we're demanding a lot more of each other this pre-season. We're, um, I guess, lifting the standards and, and driving each other to be better, um, which is something that I think since I've been at the club is, is quite new. And uh, I guess not new. I guess it's gone to another level. Um and that's really improving us. Um both our, our stands on the track and then the way we're preparing ourselves and um uh, I guess the way we're we're getting to know the game plan and everything like that. I feel like it's all taken another a step and, and we're really excited about what we can do this year. Um but like I said, the mindset for us is is not that we wanna just keep improving, we wanna we wanna contend, and we wanna be up there. Um we need to be up there for our fans and, and for the club because it's a it's a proud club, I guess. They're heading back the South and Eastern of rivalry, and we've been learning a lot about the past and, and the culture of the club and, and where it was built and the platform it was built upon, and I think that's inspired a lot of guys um, to really do it for not only ourselves, but for those guys who came before us, and I think that's a really important part of the club.
0: Now, Caleb, you were, you were drafted with pick eight in the 2019 national draft, so obviously you were highly touted coming into 2020, but did, did you expect to win the rising star uh, in your first year, mate? No definitely not I guess in Kind of the first um, Initial part of the season I wasn't
4: playing and um, I guess the, the Kind of round one I was emergency And flew over to Melbourne And um, Kind of didn't get picked And then went away In the shutdown period And like, I made A lot of A lot of growth In that period And then came back And Still missed next two games So and, um, I guess for me I was just trying to get a game And then once I got in My goal was not to Not to give up my spot And i kind of in the end, I filled that goal, but um, for me, each week it just kind of was what the team needed, and whether it was playing a role on a midfielder or kind of playing my role within our midfield, because we had some absolute stars in there. Um, yeah, all I wanted to do was just stay in the team, um, and I guess it kind of everything kind of came from that. But I was just loving my footy and just being really grateful to be out there. Um, I guess, like I said, everything else just kind of came from that.
0: And and do you still still keep a keen eye on? Yeah, other Kippy boys in the comp, and boys that you played with for Vic Country and and Gippsland Power. Yeah,
4: definitely. We've got some really good players kind to come through. And obviously, when I was under 16, played with kind of CJ um, CJ Gires, um at, at the Hawks, and he's doing really well now. He's really kind of took that next step last year, and then Burris is playing some great footy, and Sammy Flanders up off the Gold Coast, and those kind of guys, Charlie Combin, we shown a lot of improvement at North, and I guess we always kind of have that bond of, of Gippy Power. and um, We always loved going back. For me, I loved going back from school for the and playing at Gippie because of the environment and the guys that were there and the people that made up the club. So that's just feels like another an extension of a local club, um, Gippie Power. So um, absolutely love it. Love going back down there, and I can't wait to head
0: back down and watch some
4: more footy when I can get back. This is the border now.
0: And for the listeners who might not be aware... Caleb, your younger brother Jai was selected by Hawthorne in this year's draft. How how's he settled in at the Hawks, mate, and how, how quickly do you think you'll be able to face off with him on the AFL stage? Uh, he's um yeah, he's loving
4: it. He's I guess for for kind of the family, we just wanted him to give him an opportunity and um, luckily enough for him he was just, um able to be, yeah, picked up by Hawks and, and he's absolutely loving it. I think the environment's similar to when I came in at and It's kind of a new coach, a few new assistant coaches and it's a really young group. Um, so it's a good time to go into a club and with a bit of a I guess not a recess probably not the right word, but a kind of a new environment and um, yeah he's really embracing it and really enjoying it. The guys are really embracing. him and um, I guess I guess on the timeline when he can kind of when we play against each other I'm not really sure. I guess for him he's just at this stage focusing on getting close to the pre season which is always a challenge and um, trying to learn as much as he can. So hopefully not too long when he can be
1: out there. Uh, uh, we look forward to seeing that happen, mate. We look forward to seeing you back on the uh, field this year too, mate. Great work getting up so early for us this morning over there in Frio. All the best for this year, mate. And uh, let's hope that the, the season is a, is a fruitful one for yourself and the Dockers.
4: Awesome. No worries, guys. Thanks for
1: having me. Good on you mate. Thanks for that. Caleb Sarong, one of the greats from this area of Gippsland, making his mark in a big way over there at the Fremantle Dockers. We'll go to a quick break now and we'll be back talking more sport. We've got loads to get through in the next hour or two. We'll catch up with Jared Blair, Bo Vernon and Roger Gwynn, who's pretty happy he's the president of the Allenbank and District Football Netball League. Yes, indeed you are, with uh, yours truly, Rob Popplestone, or Poppy, uh, Sam Watson, or Sam the man, as I like to call him. We talk sport every Saturday morning between 9 and 11, and uh, we try to focus on those that have made their careers either coming through or starting from the uh, Gippsland area, or well, the southwest west Gippsland area. As you heard, you can hear us on 91.3 SEN Track, or 91.9 if you're in Leptro Valley and you listen to us anywhere. If you've got the uh, SEN app, up and about after ten o'clock, we're gonna catch up with Jared Blair, a bloke that made a big name for himself at Collingwood. Now coaching Wonthaggies, where we are right now. Bo Vernon, one of the uh, proving to be one of the great coaches of this area as well, has Bo and Roger Gwynn, the president of the Alambank District Football Netball League. I know I've only got a few seconds, but i will let you know that I just travelled up to Port Douglas and Cairns. I tell you, mate, they're doing it tough out there. We thought we we're doing it tough down there. No tourism. No tourism, Sam.
0: Struggling on Phillip Island as well, Rob. Is that
1: right? Yeah, yeah, mate. People are doing it tough. Uh, Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make yourself a cup of coffee if you like. Even a glass of water. And uh, we'll be back on the flip side of the news and talking more sport here on SEN.
2: Norman, Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, La Trobe Valley, 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, South West Gippsland, 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland.
1: Yeah, it's Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson. We're talking sport every Saturday morning between 9 and 11. We're kicking off 2022 in a big way. Uh, if you've just tuned in, you just missed a good chat with Caleb Sarong, one of on the up and comers in the AFL and on the flip side of the up and comers is the bloke that sort of uh, <laughs> he's tried and tested, he's done it all, well nearly, uh, I saw this bloke actually play last year, in fact uh, obviously a playing coach, is um, Jared Blair, I commentated the game, their first game actually, it was thaggy versus Druin here at Wanthaggie and I wasn't sure what to expect because sometimes as a good player you come back and your coach uh, inverted commas by way of hey l- let's get this bloke let's get this player back to one thaggy uh we'll name him coach so we can pay him well um and he'll lead by example but what I saw actually was a very, very well drilled side. In fact that will probably that was probably the most impressive match I saw all last year was the opening match between thaggy and uh Druin. And Jared led the way that day and I'd uh, I'd be intrigued as Jared Blair joins us now, blary How did you rate that first up performance? Because it was a, it was a pretty good start to your uh, Gippsland Latrobe season. Uh yeah, good morning, fellas. Um
2: Yeah, I mean we went into that game. I know personally, I was I was pretty nervous and uncertain, and I think that, yeah, you know, that would be the same for any coach and any player going into round one. You know, you really don't know what to expect. Um, you know, you're confident you've done the work, you're confident you've got everything in place that, that you need, but, you know, until it's out on the park and actually happening, you are always sort of a little bit unsure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, looking back on it, it was, it was the perfect start to the season. You know, I think within the f- first few minutes, we had a couple of goals on the board, which settled a few nerves and were able to just keep rolling from there, which was nice.
1: Blue, I reckon as a coach and I've coached before not as well as uh, you obviously have but I reckon you reflect back on your first year at coaches and you learn a lot of things in reflection after your first year you're sort of going blind and as you said hopeful that you've got everything ready and then after you've had a chance to have a bit of a think about what you've done and maybe what you haven't done you're well prepared second time round uh
2: yeah I think so I mean sort of still getting into the second time round, so we'll um, (laughs) wait wait and see on that. But I do agree. And it's almost week to week. You you reflect on, did I get it right this week? You know, did we get it right as a a coaching group? You know, you sort of look back on the decisions you made. You you probably overanalyse sometimes, going, did I speak too much? Could have I spoken more? Did we say the right things? Did we get the message right? Um, There's lots of things you run back through in in your mind. And I think, too, you know, coaching a, a local footy side, you The first 12 months is just getting everything set in place to you
1: because it is
2: the first time you've done a lot of things. It's the first time you've rolled out a training session. It's the first time you've you've rolled your program out. Um, And then, like you you said, the second year, you can keep adding to it or or, um, subtracting from it if you needed to until
1: you think you've got it right. Yeah. Hey, as we start to edge closer to the start of a 2022 season, (laughs) what do you... What do you expect? How do you plan? I mean, we're sitting here just during that break, Jared, thinking, I wonder what footy is going to look like for us on a local level in a few months' time, because it seems as though every day the landscape's changing somewhat.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting, isn't it? It's, um, I mean, we're just hopeful that we do just can get an uninterrupted season in. Um, you know, obviously, it's probably going to be casualties in terms of. Seven-day lockdown restrictions and blokes, you know, missing through COVID. Um, but even that, you're sort of hopeful that something changes there because, that's us um, you know, to be sitting at home for seven days every three months or every thirty days, or I'm not even sure what the, the current <laughs> restrictions are. Put it put aside. It's just not it's not a healthy way of living life. But I suppose there's, and there's other considerations too. It's, um, you know, it, it's a global pandemic we're still dealing with. Uh, it seems like footy should be, you know, the least of our worries, but it's um, not the case because it's, you know, it is a massive part of our community. It's an outlet for people. It's, you know, it's been tough on people's livelihoods the last couple of years, but it's also it's been tough on their, on you know the people socially as well. And we need these Saturdays to get together and try and achieve something, and um, you know, ha- have a bit of an outlet. Uh, mm. In terms of planning, I, I, we just sort of say to our guys, it's. Um, let's not take anything for granted, you know, and it was a bit like that last year. We, when we can get together and have a good session, let's make sure we do because it's not guaranteed from, you know, day to day, week to week with, with everything that's happening at the minute.
0: And, Blair, welcome back to the show, mate, and happy new year. Uh, just on that on that theme, do you think... I'm, I'm sure you already had a really good relationship with a lot of the boys who were kind of week-in, week-out reserves players at one thaggy, but do you think... That you'll have to even grow that relationship and um, try and attract more players to the club with the potential that there could be five to ten blokes ruled out uh, per per round sometimes throughout <laughs> this year.
2: <laughs> it's a scary thought, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I think it's it's going to be that's definitely going to be tested if the you know the current landscape stays as it is. Um, you might be drawing on last year was like was almost the opposite because we'd play a few weeks. And then we'd have a couple of weeks off because of a little lockdown or a snap lockdown or whatever. It was That sort of you know war of attrition wasn't there as much. Blokes weren't breaking down because they were getting a break every couple of weeks. Um, whereas this year will be, you know, as it looks at the minute, probably the opposite. You might be playing up to 40 guys on your list because you know week to week you've, you've had five ruled out, you've had two ruled out, you've had 10 ruled out. It's, it's really hard to, um, to plan for. But I think this is sort of, in a sense, the excitement of the challenge is, is um, guys are going to see opportunities in front of them. They, they might think they're, you know, 10 or 12 spots out of the way and the next thing they're, they're starting mid. So it's going to be an interesting season.
0: And uh, you had a, an interesting – you had a, your Bucks Day last weekend, <laughs> mate. How was that?
1: Just tell us the good bits.
2: <laughs> it was a good day. It was good fun. We, <laughs> jump, we jumped on a bus and we went to the Hillsville races, actually. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we had a pretty fun Arvo. I've never been to Hillsville Races. It's a nice little track. Got a, got a bit of I about it. Um, uh, we we lost a few earlier. We sort of cut the crew in half in the end just because of close contacts and social contacts or whatever the rules are. So we uh, had a minimised crew, but we still had a had a great day. It was good fun.
0: And, mate, we, we were just speaking in the ad break before that if, if this was all going on at the end of... 2018. After you left the Pies, do, do you think maybe with a, with if when you went to Port Melbourne and you were playing good footy there, you you would have been a chance to uh, get a gig on an AFL list? If it's looking like pl- the AFL clubs are going to have to dig into those kind of things, like what we've seen in the NBA and the and the NFL and the and the Big Bash.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Sam. They would have been banging the door
3: down.
2: I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. I, I mean. Who, who really knows? You, they're going to probably be pulling players from obscurity all year this year, um, if that's what's happened. But nah, the footy I was playing early days at Port Melbourne, mate, I would have been last on their list, I reckon. But oh, it is going to be, um, it's going to be a strange set of circumstances. Like the, the obviously the AFLW girls are already dealing with it, a couple of players each each week from a lot of sides dropping out. So it's it's
1: um, a tough one to navigate for sure. It's uh, Yeah, look, it is a tough one to navigate. And uh, talking about navigating, how have you gone with your squad at the moment at uh, Wanthagie? How are you looking as far as players lost and or players picked up over the last month or two? Um, yeah, no, we sort of reasonably settled. We were able to retain
2: probably 95% of the boys from from last year, um, yep. which is really encouraging. And, and I think, too, it was just probably a sense of unfinished business. You know, you play 11 games for the season and it's, sort of feel like you're just starting to get going and the season gets ripped out from under you. Um, it was a, obviously an a easy choice for a lot of boys to, to turn back up this year. Um, so, yeah, we, we were able to retain most of, most of the boys and add a couple of pretty uh, handy players in there as well. So
1: we're excited with
2: what we've got and the opportunities we're going to have ahead of us for, for this year.
1: Yeah, no, it's looking good. How did you find the first year of Gippsland, albeit eleven games, as you said? How would you find the standard? Was it where you thought it might be? Was it above, below? What were your thoughts? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I sort of came in with uh, minimal
2: expectations. I sort of spoke yeah. with Swatter about this on the show earlier. It was, it was just you know wide-eyed and see what what goes on. And um, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. Enjoyed the footy. It's it's a it's a competition. Um, I've, I've discussed with our boys a bit and with my brother. It's, there's no real carry on in the Sleeping League in terms of you know, there's no there's nothing untoward, there's no um nothing malicious going on. It's just pretty sides having a good crack on a Saturday.
3: Yeah. Um
2: playing in the spirit of the game and oh I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was it was good and I think, you know, looking to this season it, it's pretty exciting because I see Warrigal have recruited pretty well. It looks like Taralgun are gonna be stronger again. Um I think Bansdale may have picked up a few,
1: so it's looking like the competition's only getting
2: stronger, which is good for everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I reckon there was a sense of excitement around Womtesagi as well. You know, it's uh, 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 I mentioned that you know I saw that first game, but I reckon you know that unbeaten run you had into the year there was there was something starting to build, and it was just unfortunate for for your club obviously, but for this town as well that we we, we couldn't see it all the way through. Yeah,
2: it was. It, it was, It was. Um, yeah, frustrating, I suppose. We, we yeah. sort of felt like we were on the right track and uh, really, you know, pushing to, to achieve something that, you know, the footy club hasn't been able to do. We've, we've never won a flag in the Gippsland League and we, you know, without getting ahead of ourselves, we really felt like we were, we were a live chance at that last year. Um, that was, yep. But ha- having said that, you know, we sort of think we, we'll just keep building on, you know, the foundations that were there last year and... We're lucky that our group is you know, driven by some um, quality leaders as well as some really talented young kids who are pushing to, to play the best footy they can. So we, we think we should only be improving with, with an attitude like that.
0: Now, Blair, as a mad Pies fan myself, I have to ask, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you still have a close relationship with a few of the players. Sure the Steel side bottom springs to mind for me. But who? Uh, what have been blokes like Steele's early impressions of Craig McCray made if you've spoken to them about that?
2: Um, I think they're all... I, I haven't spoken in depth with many of the boys about it, but I think they're all really enjoying it. Um, I know that's they you know, just probably a, a change of voice has been healthy for them, um, and that's nothing against any, anyone who's previously been there or, or Bucks or any, any, any other coach, but it's just, I think, in any... Business or industry or club change brings a sense of excitement, um, and it also brings, you know, it, it probably in a way straightens a lot of guys up. You you get comfortable with people and maybe start to cut a few corners. And next thing you know, there's a new head of fitness in, there's a new head coach in, and um, you know, the slate the slate's wiped clean if you like, and you got to earn your stripes again. And and chatting with a few of the boys, that's sort of what they're feeling at the minute. So we, we're starting all over, and we're getting the runs on the board, and. and to be able to feel that at the age of, you know, say, for Silo, thirty, I think you'd be 31, 31 or 32.
1: Um, yeah, I think it'd be pretty refreshing for them, for sure. Uh, what about Bucks on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? Yeah, had a chance to <laughs> see him in action? <laughs> I haven't actually
3: tuned in, no. I might have
2: to <laughs> catch that one on, on 10 Play at some stage and see how it goes.
1: I'll you uh, give me the laugh. rundown on that. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a laugh. Hey, mate, uh, thanks for a chat this morning. Look forward to catching up with you throughout the course of the uh, year and seeing you back on the field again. Thanks, fellas. Looking forward Good to it. Good on you, mate. Well I'm Jared Blair there, the coach of Wanthaggie, the former Collingwood star. Um, finding his feet as a coach, but finding them pretty quickly, I've got to say, liked what I saw during the course of 2021, Sam, and yeah. looking forward to seeing what the he, he can put out there on the... Uh, on the field in 2022. They'll be around the mark again. Don't worry about that. Yeah, Rob. no question. A short break back with Bo Vernon and Roger Gwynn will follow as well. Roger Gwynn, the president of the Allenbank and District Football Netball League. We're live at Harvey Norman. You hear the cars in the background coming in and out of the car park. You hear the trucks going by. Every so often a car will toot. I'll think they're waving at me. They're not they're actually waving at my offsider here Sam Watson. But there's a fair bit happening as there always is at Harvey Norman. Back talking more sport in just a moment. Yeah, you are indeed with Sam Watson and Rob Popplestone talking sport as we do every Saturday morning between nine and eleven, kicking off the 2022 season as we finish the 2021 season outside Harvey Norman. Every time a car pulls into the car park, I sort of, I've strategically placed myself behind a pole, so if something was to happen, I'm okay. Uh, as for you, though, Sam, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you're in a spot of bother, unfortunately for you. Hey, this bloke that we're going to chat with, Beau Vernon, embarrassingly, if you recall, last year. <laughs> I was really excited about having a chat to him because I'd heard so much about him and had never had a chance to have a chat. And I'm getting the conversation. You're saying, "Let's we, we need to go to a break. We need to go to a break. And I'm thinking, I'm not going for a break. The news can wait. As I found out, apparently the news can't wait. I had to text him and say, mate, sorry about that. Uh, but we've got plenty of time today. Bo Vernon joins us right now. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good, thanks, fellas. Um, <laughs> yeah, happy,
6: happy, happy new year. And... Um yeah, I'll see how it goes. Little athletics right now. The kids, the kids are running the So <laughs> yeah, all good.
1: <laughs> Whereabouts are you on the island, or?
6: Nah, over over at Wontagi, So we we'll just wrapped oh, okay. things up over here. And thought daughters doing little athletics over at Wani And yeah, good to good to be out and about. I've been in yeah. isolation the last seven days. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do
1: you want yeah. close contact?
6: Um. Yeah. Pretty much, my whole family got oh. COVID at uh, my brother-in-law's wedding, and then oh. uh, yeah, I I seemed to escape escaped it and didn't didn't get anything. So yeah.
1: And how's the family got through that? Everyone got through okay. Oh.
6: Yeah, it was barely any, barely uh, barely sick at all. To be honest, oh, that's like, good. Um, yeah, we were, we were real fortunate. Got a seemed like good strain of it, and uh, yeah, barely. Like tickle in the throat, and that's
1: about it. Yeah, you you, you you wonder how to take it, don't you? Because you hear all these horror stories, and I think as soon as you feel a tickle in the throat, for instance, you start to panic and think, "Oh my god, I hope yeah. I, I hope I'm not going to get too sick." But more times than not, you're hearing cases like yours, Bo, that actually, yeah, no, we got through, no problems. Yeah, hundred percent.
6: So yeah, well,
1: yeah, it's, oh, it's a it's a tough one. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, we just had Jared Blair on, obviously coach of Thaggy And during the commercial break, I said to, to Sam, hey, how how would Wonthaggy and Phillip Island go? How would Phillip Island go in the Gippsland Latrobe League? And you're a bloke that's coached successfully in the Gippsland Latrobe League and now coaching a really good Phillip Island side, and they've been solid for a long time. Sam seems to think that they'd hold their own comfortably in Gippsland Latrobe. How do you see it?
6: Uh, yeah, I definitely think... Um... Yeah, our top end teams would, would yeah, compete noos in, in the Gippsland League. Sure, we, yeah. I know we we, I know they're only practice games. We have played Wonthaggi in a few practice games over the last few years, and I think, I think we won everyone. And um, you know, we played Warrigal in practice game, beaten, you know, beaten by a hundred points a couple of years ago. Like, yeah. So yeah, they're, they're they're just practice games, obviously. But um, yeah, well, I feel like um, the West Gippie teams would. Would go quite well. Um, maybe yeah. the bottom few teams, bottom few teams might would
1: maybe struggle a little bit. They've always had a strong side, haven't they, Philip? And I remember actually playing for the Bulldogs in a practice game. Gee, a lot of years ago now, but you wouldn't wouldn't have even been around. I reckon. I reckon it was about mid nineteen eighties, and even at that time, they were sort of regarded as a really good side, and they had a good had a good following. It was a it's a great club down there. It's a really good community that supports the club. Um, I, t- I tell you what you would have uh, you would have been pretty happy with the decision to take up that role
6: uh oh, pretty tough decision at the time like uh, uh yeah. gatha were in a pretty good position and to to leave that was quite challenging but i yeah grew up playing there and lived lived there and involved in the community there and witty uh probably hasn't like well, and Gatha has been a very successful club um over the years Philip ha hasn't won that many um hadn't won that many premierships um so i think 1981 and then 1990 and then it wasn't until 2014 that they won their next premiership so yeah uh, but a great club great community and and, and great supporters and and people to help out around to join us yeah it's awesome awesome spot to be at the moment bo we were speaking to Blairy about obviously all the covid
0: issues at the moment and uh what we're seeing in sport in Australia, with with the Big Bash, and uh, across the world, really, with the NBA and the NFL, at
1: AFLW as well.
0: AFLW as well. Yep. Uh, do you do you think that have you started having conversations with people at the club about contingency plans when when you might have maybe five to ten players unavailable from your from your senior side with with close
6: contacts of COVID or they might have it? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for local footy when. You know, some teams might be scraping together a two side and then you got ten people out with with COVID on top of that so yeah that's, yeah it's gonna be gonna be an interesting one and um yeah i don't wanna i'm not want i am not going to get too political but um yeah we're gonna have to keep keep locking down if the ninety eight percent of people are uh getting mild symptoms you everyone gonna to have to keep locking down for seven days and and um, hopefully hopefully not in my opinion but uh, yeah, in terms of too. conversation conversations had um I no, haven't had any uh, yet we just try and um, yeah I suppose you're just gonna to have to roll with the punches and if anything over the last couple of years you know you need to learn to learn to be a bit more flexible with your thinking and and understand that all right well We'll do the best we can, but we don't know what curveballs going to going to be coming, uh, going to be coming next. And I and I asked
0: blairy uh, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I'm sure you have a very good relationship with the reserves players, like that that don't really aspire to play senior footy at, at Phillip Island. But do you think you'll, you'll have to have an even bigger involvement with those reserves boys and the under 18s in 2022, with the likelihood that they probably will get a game uh, when a few blokes are missing.
6: Uh, I'd, probably, probably not, uh, yeah, in the terms, uh, yeah, we, we think we'd get around with those boys, uh, uh, as much as our, our senior players anyway, so, um, maybe there's some conversations there saying to some blokes, you know, you just don't know what, what can happen down the track and maybe some opportunities might present themselves, but, uh, yeah, we'd like to think we'd get around our, our twos and our thirds, um, yeah. As, as much uh, as possible, anyway. So, yeah, should be should be no worries there, and hopefully um, Blair's wedding in a couple of weeks' time is not too much of a super spreader
1: Well, apparently the back show caused a few problems. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't get to it because of because um, of COVID, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I was in ISO, so
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know what? You probably made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 how are you going numbers-wise, Bo? How's the, how's the uh, doggies going numbers-wise as far as, uh, you know, your club's concerned?
6: Um, yeah, juniors are really good up until our under-18s. The under-18s is, uh yeah, pretty light on um, this, this coming year, uh, which is, I think, this age group has traditionally yeah. been a little bit less for numbers. And then... Um, yeah, our seniors and, and reserves. Yeah, we should be should be good. Yeah, I think we'll be good for numbers and even trying to look to get under thirty or sorry, over 35's team up yep. and going. Just trying to find a league to get in uh, for that at the moment.
1: Okay, I um. I was intrigued to, oh, I'm interested actually more than anything else. I was just saying to Sam that I had a bit of a break and I went up north, you know, Port Douglas and Cairns. It was a great little getaway. But what I did notice Mm. was the amount of places that were closed as a tourism destination. Like I'm talking in Cairns, Bo, it was about 70% of Cairns was closed down. It was remarkable. And then Sam made the point that Phillip Islands sort of facing similar problems as well. Is that likely to affect you in any way or the club in any way?
6: In terms of, like, organisations In terms of, you down know, down.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, when when you've got, um, you know, shops or uh, businesses shutting down, whether that means people are leaving the island, I don't know. What's, what's your read on just how Philip Island's travelling at the moment? Oh, Philip Island as a whole
6: is just fine at the moment. It's, it's still going. Um, but, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, it's going down extremely well. It's going gangbusters, actually, and... Yeah. um but the in terms of shutting down there's definitely some organized sh- organizations shutting down for a few days or seven days because they're struggling to yeah, okay. to get staff yeah. because of people in isolation at the moment so um yeah at the moment like you know pub about to shut down and yeah restaurants and different things have to shut down because we just don't have enough people to cater for it because there's so many people in isolation over the last week. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mate, uh, look forward to seeing what you've got in 2022. You'd be getting a little bit excited as it edges closer, as as excited as you can get, given that we never know what's going to happen day to day at the moment. Yeah, I'd be confident that we're not going to go into lockdowns
6: again and um, the uh, footy season will happen in, in 2022. As you guys said, there may be some things that happen where you might be limited on players. Particularly, maybe early in the year, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah you just sort of going to have to roll with it, and yeah, can't wait, can't wait to get into it and, and uh, get back, get back to training and, and into some games.
1: Yeah, no, I look forward to it, mate. Hey, listen, thanks for having a chat, and hope you appreciate that we didn't stop halfway through for the news this time. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had
6: nothing important to say this time. I thought I was on on, on last time. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, it was all good, mate. Hey, listen, thanks, Bo, and uh, look forward to catching out with you throughout the year. All
6: right. Cheers, fellas. Thanks. Everybody. Good on you, mate. Bo thanks, Vernon man.
1: there, the coach of Phillip Island and an all-round good guy as well. And, yeah, at the moment, just down the road at Kids Athletics, how far away from where we are at the minute, Sam?
0: Uh, I presume he'd be at Wontaggie Secondary College at Dudley Campus. So, yep. uh, two-minute drive. just. Oh. Almost, you can if you can follow this road around. That unfortunately our listeners can't see. Yep, you'd get you'd get there. Yeah, yeah. This road right in front of us. That all these trucks are driving past. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, listeners. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Hey, at least it shows we're out. We're out amongst the people. That's it. <laughs> we're amongst the people. We'll be talking more sport. We're going to catch up with a president of the Ellenbank and District Football Netball League in Roger winning just a moment. And I'm not sure whether you've known, but uh, SEN are going to be commentating live, a match of the round every week, and Roger would be pretty happy about that. Although, I'm not sure as a president of the footy league you're always completely happy. There's always work to be done, isn't there? There right, really is. Definitely. Work to be done here right now too. We're going to take a break. We'll be back and uh, we'll close up the show with Roger Gwynn, the president of the Allen Bank and District Football Netball League in just a moment. Yeah, we're talking sport as we do every Saturday morning between 9 and 11 and on the edge of everyone's tongue. Is that On the tip of the tongue, is that what the saying is, isn't it? On the tip of the tongue at the moment is the uh, is the name Novak Djokovic and uh, his tongue would be wagging as we speak because he'd be desperately pleading his case to stay in Australia and obviously defend his Australian Open title. Probably 50-50 at best, I reckon, Sam, just at the minute. You'd think he's been knocked down twice, but he's not staying down. No, he's... he's uh...
0: Very uh, persistent, he and is. he wants to break that Grand Slam record.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. You can't blame him, but who knows what will happen?
1: Nah, it's going to be a tough one. It really is going to be a tough decision either way, because uh, you know, even even the, uh, the if you put it to the front bar test, it's not everyone that wants him to be here. But there's a fair majority that want. Would it be fifty fifty, or am I being too generous, or is it uh, sort of seventy five twenty five against? I'd probably lean 75-25. Against? Yeah. 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 I don't think he's done himself any favours. And I think he actually declared, he actually made the point that, yes, he deliberately uh, made some false claims. And I think because of that, I think he's gone. I really do. Anyway, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about more sport. In just a moment. Yeah, you are indeed. Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson talking sport, uh, as we do every Saturday morning throughout 2022 here on SEN. Hey, just an update, too, on Novak Djokovic. The court hearing, this is from Tracy Holmes's Twitter account only a couple of minutes ago. The court hearing re-procedural matters and the appeal of Djokovic visa cancellation has been adjourned for the time being. Judge David, uh, David O'Callaghan to consider whether tomorrow's hearing... Will be with a single judge or a full court of three judges. Now, doesn't the Australian Open start on Monday? Yeah. And I'd expect that Djokovic, if he is playing as the number one seed, will be playing Monday night. Probably, maybe Tuesday I night. Think maybe Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, but geez, they're going to push him to with a B's back leg, aren't they? Like he's going to be close. Very, very close. Anyway, that's going to be an interesting story. It's, it's, it's a story on everyone's lips at the moment, though. There's no question about that. And the other story, of course. Is the fact that the Allen Bank District Football Netball League is going to have their match of the round mm. on SEN? You'd be, you'd be happy with that too, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, I'm stoked that uh, unfortunately I'll be playing football on uh, most Saturdays after we do this show, but we will have assembled a great team to, uh, to work on the Allen Bank and District Football Netball League coverage. And we are welcoming in the president of the Allen Bank and District Football Netball League,
1: Roger Gwynn. Welcome to the show, Roger. Uh,
3: thank you for that.
1: Hey, yeah, uh, you'd be you'd be uh, pretty happy with that result, Roger. It's a good one. Well done.
3: Oh yeah, looking great. The, you know, the the partnership will probably uh, will be a great uh, benefit for the community, and uh, I hope it generates a lot of growth for both our parties. Yeah, exactly right.
1: Exactly right. How's how's the league faring at the moment, uh, Roger? It's been a testing time for sport. All over the world, but locally, how's the uh, Allen Bank District Football and Apple League coping with the pressures of the last uh, two years? Oh, look, it's
3: it, it's been a very difficult two years. I've I've probably worked harder in in the last two years than I have in the last thirty. But uh, <laughs> but uh, look, you, you know, the 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 pendant changes every week. It's like if you make a decision today. Like yeah. the damn thing will change in two or three days, and then you've got to come up with some some other uh, you know proposition for for the club, but at the moment look we, we we're traveling really well we've we've got a good association with the, with the netball now and uh, uh, all systems ahead and we, we're just excited with like I said with the partnership, and uh, it'll only grow you know Well, we hope it will grow.
0: Over the over the next few years. Now, Roger, this is your first time on uh, Saturdays in Gippsland, but I'm sure throughout 2022 we'll have you on uh, quite a bit. If if you're not on a got a weekly segment with the uh, <laughs> with the coverage on Saturdays with your league, but uh, just as a bit of background, can you can you let us know how you first became involved with the league and and your path into football?
3: Oh, me well. I originally, uh, I first started playing um, uh, with Keithborough in the Southwest Gippsland League, and uh, I I played with them two hundred odd games. I won a couple of best and fairest down there, and then I. But on on the Sundays, I played in a, a, a church comp, and <laughs> uh, w- which which was probably the toughest comp I've ever played in in my life. <laughs> uh, and. And uh, then I went from there up up to the up up to the bush, and uh, I ended up uh, playing for Bunyip in the in the West Gippsland Football League, and then I ended up going over to Niora in the ellenbank League, and uh, ended up I I was uh, coached there for a couple of years. Uh, I'm a life member there. I I won a best Paris there, and uh, and then i like i was a delegate to the league ended up being on the on the league executives then i became junior vice president senior vice president then i got elected a president and I, i've been stuck there ever since <laughs> been which stuck is there ever since. How, how long have you is 28 that, years wow uh,
0: 28 years 28 years that was when that was when you were first elected president
3: yeah so I've been on the board for over 30 years, and uh, I, I, I can assure you I've seen some changes in that time.
1: Can I ask you and about I... the? Yeah, can I ask you about those changes? Because I guess one of the big changes that leagues struggle with is this relationship between league and AFL, Gippsland or AFL Victoria or whoever seems to be trying to manage football at the moment. How's your relationship been with the AFL, and is it getting better? Oh look, it's definitely getting
3: better. It's uh, um, look, the AFL they're, they're there for, for their own reasons, and, and we're the Alan Bank for our own reasons, and yeah. we we like to be, be in charge of our own destiny. And uh, we uh, joined the AFL Gippsland Rack, which they called it, a couple of years ago, and uh, we uh, we only stayed in it for for twelve months, and then decided to opt out. And uh, because, like, we want we want to make our own decisions. And, uh, you know, we, we, if, if we stuff up, we stuff up. We don't want to be relying on the, the AFL to, to, to look after us or, uh, you know, influence in, in any way, really. Yeah. Because, uh, after all, we're, we're a small country football league. And uh, we try and run it. Uh, as professionally as we can, and I and I feel we do run it professionally, yeah. and uh, I think we 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 have become probably one of the strongest leagues in in, in the area.
1: Yeah, I, but, I've got a relationship with the Mid Gippsland Football Netball League. I do some of their publicity for them, uh, Roger, yeah. and, and 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 the relationship. Yeah, with that, that that rack system. I, I think we felt the same as you. It was that you know it 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 just wasn't a good fit for us um, and for the exact reasons you said, you know, we, we really want to be able to make our own decisions, be responsible for our, you know, for our successes and yeah. our failures, you know. At least at least we put our head in the pillow uh, of a night time and say, well, we, we, we did it our way and I think that's a good thing to do.
3: Yeah, look, and, you know, we've we implemented quite a few things. We, we implemented the point system in our league, well before the AFL decided yeah, to do it yeah and yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the, the AFL Gippsland I reckon they plagiarized half of our point system and used it themselves, so <laughs> uh, we eventually we eventually uh, well we did go to a fifteen team comp yes. and uh, then we went back to a a ten team comp yes and and then the AFL had these the the latest review, which is probably one of about twenty reviews that I've been to, and none of them worked. <laughs> and uh, they 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 took they they took five clubs off us, which took us down to ten clubs, and uh, then then we lost Warrigal uh, uh, Industrials to West Queensland, but yes. in, in return we we got Yarragon from Mid and yes. and now we've got. Trafalgar from Mid-Gitty, so yeah. which we're a 11-team comp which is not really what we want. We, we'd no. rather a 12-team comp And uh, but look I, I can see the foreseeable future that uh, I think there'll be a lot of changes in the West Gippsland. I I, I just think there's too much uh, distance between top and, and bottom sides in the West Gippsland and I think they'll try and even it out a bit and,
1: maybe we'll get a few of those clubs back. Yeah. Well, we uh, yeah, And we, we were sad to lose both Trafalgar and Yerrigan. two great clubs. We lost your lawn north to North Gippsland. That was through their own doing. But, you know, yeah. we sort of went through that process, Roger, where we had, uh, you know, the six Alberton teams obviously joined mid-Gippsland to make us now a 13-team comp, which is you know, less than ideal, but at the same time, it has strengthened us. Uh, it has given us a, a good, solid foundation. And again, you know, if if if, uh, if those 13 teams can remain viable for a handful of years, I think we've got something pretty special. But as you say, it's a, it, look, it's a, it's a constantly, it's a constant battle.
3: You could always give us one and we'd both be a 12-team con.
1: And we could both go 12 teams. That wouldn't be bad, would it? No, it'd be good. Because we 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 wouldn't say no. <laughs> now, Roger, just we've, we'd love to
0: spend a lot more time with you than what we've got, unfortunately, mate. But just lastly, we've been speaking to a, a few of our guests today about the impacts that COVID will have on local sport. What, how has has the board had conversations about uh, what might have to happen if if clubs are severely affected by players being out with with COVID in 2022? Look, we w- we haven't
3: really. Because uh, it's like I said earlier on, the, the tide changes all the time, and yeah. uh, we and and the recommendations by the health department are changing all the time. Social media, uh, uh, sorry, social standing uh, and mask wearing and, and going into pubs and shops—it's yeah. it, changing by the minute. So, what what do we do? to do, do we? Uh, uh, have uh, we will be definitely be having a, a COVID officer in, in, in for the league, uh, which will be uh, in looking after all the, all the clubs. But we expect all the clubs to have, have their own COVID officers and and maintaining all the, all the rules and regulations that will be implemented. But yeah. as you say, we we haven't got anything planned. But um, we we've, we've seen what. What the league has done, I think they've got if they if uh, an AFL club gets more than uh, ten or something uh, COVID cases and they, uh, or go under sixteen players that they can feel well they won't they won't be playing. So, but yeah, uh, I, I I don't know whether they'll bring that rule in into us, but uh, I don't I wouldn't like that rule in anywhere because we. Our juniors, for instance, we they we play uh, uh, down to the uh, under 16, and we can play even if they've got 12 players.
1: Yeah, let's hope let's hope it doesn't get to that, Rods, because uh, you're right. But I think you know what your plan is to be agile and be able to make decisions on the run is a good one. Hey, Rods, thanks so much for your time this morning. Really appreciated the chat. And uh, no doubt we'll be speaking with you during the course of 2022. Hey, a short break. We'll be back uh, to finish off the show. It's Sport Live on a Saturday morning between 9 and 11. Our talking sport outside Harvey Norman, thaggy on a Saturday morning. We're going to do that during the course of 2022. Talk sport. Uh, not always outside Harvey Norman, but probably more times than not, given that they're great supporters of what we love to talk about, and that's sport. So make sure that you support those businesses. That's a sport the sport that you love. It all goes around in the circle, doesn't it, Sam? It's been an interesting sort of couple of hours this morning. Really enjoyed it. it's been great. It's been great. I loved it. I had a great chat with Jared Blair and Beau Vernon, the coaches of Wanthaggie and Phillip Island, respectively. And we spoke about cricket. We've just caught up with Roger Gwynn, the president of the Allenbank District Football Netball League. Who knows who we're going to be talking to next week? Caleb Sarong was a good chat as well. Oh, Caleb Sarong. John John Harmer. Yeah. Yeah, no, well done. Catch you next Saturday morning, big guy. Sounds good. See you then.